This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 191 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is an interview of Chad Main from Percipient, leading a legal and compliance technology firm. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Um, Chad Main uh, is an interesting uh, former attorney, or currently an attorney, I guess, who has gone into the technology field and not only for legal functions, but also helping companies with compliance uh, functions as well. I appeared on his uh, legal podcast, technically legal podcast, several months ago, so I thought I'd return the favor and uh, let you listen to him on this platform. Very interesting uh, discussion we had. Hope you find it uh, enjoyable. Chad's a really good guy, and he picked out the song also because he's in Chicago. Anyway, uh, before we get started, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steele's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steele's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's Compliance Solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Okay, good day. Uh, well, I'm glad to have my good friend here, Chad Main. Chad, I had to return the favor uh, to you because you. Uh, you had me on your very popular uh, podcast. Um, but you are the uh, founder and innovator at Percipient, um, and it's great to have you here. But if you could uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into Percipient, but I, I find the work that you do is really kind of amazing. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Michael, for having me on. I, again, I appreciate. No, no need to return the favor, but I, but I do appreciate it. 
Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, Percipient, I did found the company in 2014. Prior to that, I was a litigator for a long time uh, to give you my whole sordid history. When I got out wait, of law wait, school- Tom, Fo- Tom Fox says he's a reformed, a recovering litigator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 can you ever reform? Can you, can you ever yeah. be reformed or rehabilitated? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? But anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so as, before we hop down, we're talking about California because I know it's where you are. I lived in L.A. right out of law school uh, for, for about nine years within the music business. You know, I managed bands, did some legal work for some producers, had a record label, mm. but not to great success. I got one of our one of our acts signed to a major label. But interestingly, this was right around 2000. I moved out there in the late 90s. And um, that's the music business changed. Everything went digital. Right. You know, Record company budgets. Wait, was this the Napster days? Or yeah, was... I was just about to get to that. I was just about yeah. to get to that. So we we saw the good and bad of Napster, and it's going to come full circle as to litigation in a second. So Napster happened, and the record company were trying to figure out what to do. Record sales plummeted. They got rid of budgets. So my guys weren't working. Things went DIY. But interestingly, one of our bands, actually the one that had the most success to get featured on Napster, and it was crazy what it could do. Like overnight, they they got some notoriety. But hmm. I bring this all up because to pay the bills, because I was never no, I was never Jimmy Iovine or any kind of music moment. <laughs> I always I had my shingle out. I was always practicing law litigation is what I did. So, hmm. so ultimately, I moved back to Chicago. My wife's from Northern Indiana, and got into commercial litigation in earnest. And for until 2014, from the early 2000s, 2014, commercial litigation is what I did. But Late 2013, 2014, I started thinking about founding my company, Percipient. And mm. what, I was, what I was seeing was, you know, even though I was doing the litigation, I was taking the deposition, getting ready for trial, trying cases. Um, but because I had a little bit of tech savviness, I, I don't have a computer background, but I'm a little bit of tech savvy. And this is before a lot of law firms had e-discovery departments and dedicated attorneys right. to this. Um, there were a few that did it on cutting edge, but this is like around 2010. But because I was a little bit tech savvy, it, it kind of fell on me to figure out these big cases that had a lot of electronic information, electronically stored information, ESI, to figure out what to do. So I started working with the software companies, the vendors, and I really liked it. What I liked about it was getting this mass of data, whatever it, could, it was, emails, stuff from databases, mm-hmm. spreadsheets, and, and whatever it was. And I liked looking at it with the software and figuring out how, to, how it told the story in the litigation. You know, how, how you used it to either prosecute your case or defend your case. I really liked that. But what I started to see was it, was because it wasn't efficient in a lot of cases. Not every case, but a lot of cases. And law firms at that point were not equipped to deal with this efficiently. They weren't, you know, to be quite frank, there was some resistance to bring in software and automate stuff because Absolutely. it took away from the billable hour. Yeah, you weren't um, going through documents anymore. Right. You weren't like the old way was turning each page and you had some, you know, somebody doing that and you were billing billing hourly rates for that. Yeah. And so there was definitely pushback. I remember we had a big case and I said, hey, we should uh, we should we should bring in software. And we ultimately did. Thankfully, the firm was, you know, they, they trusted me and we brought it in. But there was some discussion about, hey, you know, we're going to lose a little, you know, we're going to lose a little income because people aren't reviewing documents. Now, I think the other side to that is, there's other work to be done. You know, if lawyers right. are doing this, the, the doctor doing stuff, they're not doing stuff, other stuff that's more valuable that could be doing. But so that, that's another conversation, but yeah. that's why I launched the company. I saw it. I said, you know what? I, I saw what would happen. Like, like I saw that tech would needed to be a part of this process, need to be a tool 
in a lawyer's belt. And that's when I launched the company. And when we started, and still to this day, I mean, manage document review, which is the huge document reviews. Right. Uh, is what we help with. And that's what we launched the company. But since then, we've morphed into other stuff. Obviously, yeah, and I want to get into that. I want to get into that. But I also want to and definitely talk about the applications of what you're doing, because I think you're sort of on the cutting edge part of a lot of trends right now. But what's weird, you know, what's interesting to me is now all the, uh, you know, every firm now has their e-discovery outfit that's making a ton of money and is a, a profit center for them. But I have to be honest with you, most of the quote unquote standard and not you guys, I'm talking about the, you know, some of the names I could mention, but I won't, of terms of uh, litigation software is clunky, unusable, um, costly. And um, in the end, I think um, it doesn't take advantage. And I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because the revolution that we're going through in terms of technology for due diligence, for compliance and all this is AI and machine learning. AI, now I'll just show you my limited information, but AI to me is just massive uh, computer processing in an efficient way. It can, it works quickly and it works well, but AI and mach, but machine learning is really unbelievable if you harness it in the litigation right. context. But what have you seen in terms of even just the last five, six years in terms of technology in that? Yeah. So it's changed a lot. So when I first started a company, which has been 2014, you know, you had your major players and I think right. to your point, we won't name names, but stuff we all worked with in the law firms in the late thoughts, mm -hmm. it was clunky. And I think legal software for a long time was clunky and not just electronic discovery, but you know, case management and right. case management was, but, but it's getting better. And definitely what I've seen in the last five years is the, the software is becoming more SaaS based software as a service. So it's online. It's not clunky. It's more user-friendly. It's more similar to, to, to software you're using every day, your drop boxes or you know, right. consumers, you know, Google sheets, but it's, it's easier to use. So we have seen that. And to your point, the AI, the machine learning, the artificial intelligence, um, even just more robust search capabilities, natural right. language processing, it's, it's basically becoming table stakes in, in, in this software nowadays. And it's, we definitely, for the compliance matters that we work on, we definitely try to use it. As I mentioned, you know, we, we started in litigation. We still do help with a lot of litigation, but there's other, we do the due diligence. You know, we help with the, that kind of stuff when acquisitions, but in the compliance field, which I know is where your listeners are, are coming from, we help with internal investigations. And when you, know, you get the subpoenas from the DOJ or the SEC, because right. what do they want? They just want to look at the emails and the other sources of information. And that's really like litigation document review. And we've kind of morphed into that, but to the- But, but here's another area that like, for and what you're talking about, we, for example, were hired by a company to do an antitrust audit of their operations in Mexico. And if I had your software at that time, I think I could have um, gone through the emails and done, you know, found, you know, whatever keyword we're looking for, and it would have been done more efficiently than what we ended up doing. And that's what I'm saying though. So compliance has so many ways that they want to look at information, could be financial transactions, could be emails, could be whatever. And your ability to sort of sift through that, because what I see right now is so many of our clients are getting overwhelmed by information and you and I discussed that. So how do we use you, you know, your tool, your capabilities, you know, to try to 
get through that information. So we're just not overwhelmed all the time. And you raise a good point there. And that's another thing I could add that's happened over the last few years, mm-hmm. how e-discovery software and document review software has, has changed and, and become better. I think most people would assume that the software, the electronic discovery software just will take, you know, it can look at process emails and things of that nature, but it does much more. It handles all kinds of other files. For instance, you know, Slack and communication tools like right. Teams being used now. Um, that's not, it's, it's not the same file format as, as an email. Uh, it's, for instance, Slack usually comes in a JSON file, which is the name of the file. But these, my point being here, eDiscovery software can process that kind of stuff. There's a, it, you'd be surprised at the number of types of files that eDiscovery software can process. And that's the benefit of using it in these compliance audits, your investigations. It's all in a centralized place. Instead of piecemealing it and trying to look in, in the native application, you, can, you right. can do it all there. And the benefit of having all one database, the searches. You can run a, a search across everything. You know? um, and I think that's, that's the benefit of using it. In your audit, that, that would have been a good way to do it. So, so what you're saying, though, is Percipient is you guys aren't just doing the standard, you know, litigation support type of thing. You're moving into proactive areas for compliance, right. like, and let's say I, uh, and you and I were talking also about the concept of a dashboard. How does the concept of a dashboard work in your industry and in what you're doing? Well, it, 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 many different levels. So yeah, to, to your point, yeah, we're not just litigation support. Right. Now we've right. more worked it. You know, we're called an alternative legal service provider. Some people like to call us a law company, but again, I think the lines are becoming blurred with these other areas, including compliance. Right. Um, and that's, so that's how we help with. No, I agree. I think there's a lot of outsourcing and there's bringing in people like with expertise like you to help. But, but so the, to the dashboard question, I, um, Mm-hmm. It can be used in many different ways. I mean, basically any source of data you want to look at easily can be put in a dashboard. So I'll tell you from our first use cases where for certain customers, we'll prepare dashboards to show where we are on a project, how many documents we reviewed, what the speed is, what it's costing them, you know, what, what we, we tag the information if it's germane to what we're looking for the investigation or the litigation. We can see that breakdown. So there's that. But then there's also kind of dashboards we'll build, we also help out companies with automations, hmm. automating some of their contractual process. And again, I think that helps with compliance purposes. Absolutely. You can build stuff in there, red flags, you know, let's say it's the contract amount shouldn't exceed this, this figure. And if it does, it gets kicked up. So there are dashboards there. We can show you what, you know, what, right. how many contracts have gone through the system. You know, what but type Chad, of- what you're saying though, here's, here's a, so this, okay. So people go out, they buy a a contract management system. Then they buy a third-party management system. Then they buy this other type. And there's no, they're not able to talk necessarily to each other. What you, I mean, that's a great idea what you just mentioned. Contract management. If this term, if this amount, or if this country is mentioned, or if this, you know, red, let's say it's China and we want to look at all those contracts, all of a sudden a red flag comes up and you're notified about that. Right. And that would be fantastic. Well, it, it, you're saying like almost any workflow, you can take a workflow process and put in uh, kind of a, um, uh, you know, certain checks along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, so two things to that too. If, if I'm a huge fan of automating process, internal processes here, 
Mm-hmm. We, we in our company yourself, we try to do like when we onboard new customers, that's all automated. They come in online, they use a form, their information gets in our billing system, it gets in our conflict system, you know, it, it creates mat, you know, in our matter management, it creates right. I'm such a firm believer in automation because number one, it cuts down on mistakes, but number two, it puts in these safeguards. You can make it so a c- couple ways. It could send a red flag up to legal or compliance that hey, this contract's going through the system, it's doesn't meet our playbook or it's got some funny things that might run afoul of regulations, or it can also be used to educate. Something can pop up and go, hey, to let's say sales, you're, you're, you're trying to enter an amount or do something mm-hmm. that doesn't comport with, with our policies and procedures. And you can educate them that way. So, so to the extent you can automate these processes, you can build that in. Right. And that to me is the value of this technology and your capabilities is not, not only can, I mean, there's lots of information to control all over the company, not just litigation, not just right. internal investigations. Any, I can give you 10 to 20 business processes that need to be automated. And what I see are people buying this technology solution here, this one over here, when really there may be ways to do it more efficiently with, let's say, one like yours to take two or three processes and put that in there. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think, too, is to your point where people and my, my friends in the software industry are going to hate yeah. this, but to the extent <laughs> someone wants to buy a tool, you know, to yeah. fix every process, a lot of times it's bought. It doesn't go used for a couple of reasons. Number one is I think step number one, no matter the process, can be a legal process, can be a compliance process, can be a sales process. Map it out and see what's really like, right. like a pen and paper, figuring out what's happening, where the bottlenecks are, where the problem areas are, and then start to think about how to fix it. And which segues into another point is before you go buy the, the, the most fancy piece of software with every bell and whistle, you'd be surprised at what the tools you are using every day, what the features they have that you can use to start to automate some processes, create dashboards, like wow. Office 3, Microsoft 365 or some of the Google tools like yep. versus Microsoft BI. The, the, you can automate a lot of processes in the Microsoft suite, and you can also set up dashboards and do things of that nature where you don't have to get too crazy yet. And you can pull in information from disparate systems too. So before you go looking, you know, and try to do it, solve do every it, problem. Do a self-assessment is what you're saying. Do what? Right. And solve the everyday problems first, because you'd be surprised. You probably have tools in your tool belt there at your company that can solve some of these day-to-day problems. One other issue I wanted to raise with you and see what your reaction is, is one of the hardest issues we have, so we're, let's say I'm part of a compliance team, we're going to implement a third-party automated platform for risk management, for onboarding vendors, you know, uh, for sales distribution. One of the biggest concerns they all say we have a constraint is we got to make sure the business will use this because we depend upon the business to enter the initial information for the system to work. And are there any sort of strategies that you found helpful in sort of, um, because you're saying you got to do some preliminary work. How do we get business buy-in so that they don't resist the change, but I'm trying to explain to them, this is a win for them too. It's a win for compliance and it'll make their life easier. So this kind of, it's funny you bring that up. I just did a a podcast interview um, with an in-house counsel and the, the subject was how they were transforming their legal department and scaling mm-hmm. their legal department with tech. But, but they, they started with tools 
that the business were already using. And that would be that my short answer to your question is that. Wow. Let me give you an example here. So there's a tool out there called Jira. It's made by a company, an Australian company called Atlassian. It's used by software engineers. It's used by customer service. A lot of different use cases for it. But it's, it's, it's basically a project management slash ticketing system. Okay. It, the business unit was already using it. So then legal started using it to field legal requests, to keep, to monitor stuff. Cool. Them. So going back to my point is look at the tools that you're already using, the business is using and see what can be done there to try to kind of automate this stuff, to try to, you know, get, in other get words, they, they already are bought in. They're already bought right. in. They're using it every day. You mentioned Slack a minute ago. Slack's another great example. I'm sure a lot of your listeners or companies use Slack and teams in the same way. But there are bots and automations, not super robust, but, but you'd be surprised, yeah, built into yeah. Slack. Yeah. Um, where, you know, like for compliance questions, like maybe you have a, a channel for compliance questions and a bot can answer some questions. And wow. if it doesn't, the answer doesn't, if, if, the, if the bot can't do it, it escalates to legal and it sends a notice to someone in the legal department, the compliance department saying, hey, you know, somebody in sales has got this question, got this issue. So there's, so talk to the business uh, yeah. unit and see what they're using and, and you'd be surprised and then go yeah. from there and then you can get to the more robust systems where all right they're buying in they're doing this we're going to go to something more sophisticated more you know that's going to cover right. more more angles it's uh, it's interesting because in implementing these systems and working with clients and doing this for example in the third party risk area what i've learned is that compliance really can't do a good job unless they understand the business process. Yeah. Strip it down to what it is that people step by step. I, I mean, I'm doing my first Visio, you know, process diagrams. Okay. And I find it incredibly helpful. And I would think in your business, that's your bread and butter is to understand the process Yep. and come up with, uh, solutions to the process that may exist or, you know, whatever. It's almost like you become a business consultant uh, to the extent you're doing compliance work, but also, but litigation is again, just a, another process question. You know, right. what's your process? What right. are you doing? How do you want to do this? Okay. And let's do it efficiently with which lawyers and what tasks and stuff like that. Um, don't you think that, so how do you, so what I don't think, I think people are sort of saying, okay, here's a policy for how you do this. Here's a, but I think until you understand the business and how it runs and get into the guts of the processes, I don't think you can be as good a consultant or as good a, you know, uh, an advisor to the clients. Agreed. I mean, don't you hear that complaint a lot as, as a lawyer? Yeah. They, what's the common complaint here from corporate clients? They don't understand what we're doing. They don't understand their business. Right. Take the time to figure out. And going back to just in general, to anybody, map out that process, see see what it is, so you fully understand, you know, each each step, and see what you know how how efficiencies can be built in, or or problem areas or risky exactly. areas can be taken out. Exactly. So we um, so we uh, in the litigation area, uh, I'm glad. I mean, I haven't kept up with the industry. We don't have any major pieces of lit litigation, although we're starting a couple now. So I'll be talking to you about that, but, <laughs> you know, but um, has it really in the last five years, have you seen a real change in the capabilities you were mentioning that earlier and, and in what way have you seen that change uh, occur with regard to litigation management? Well, so I can, 
both litigation, I can give you a compliance specific example too. So we'll just go back to the, the, doc, right. the document review, e-discovery, right. looking, at the, looking at the documents. So historically you loaded it in the software, looked at it one by one, but with the advent of AI, what they call predictive coding, right. technology assist review, that started to be baked in. So I'll give you an example of what a change I've seen and how we've helped some of our compliance customers. And we help a few companies with compliance investigations. And what we would do is, you know, we'll harvest whatever email and other data that right. is, is germane to the investigation and the individuals that might be investigated. Uh, the compliance um, team goes through it and sees if there's any funny business. You know, maybe they're talking to a vendor, looks at those communications. But all the while, we are using on a case-by-case -case basis, things that are flagged as suspect, things that are interesting to compliance, right. to train the AI. We train these models. So then the next case, we start to feed stuff oh, in the software and gotcha. it pumps it out and goes right off the bat, hey, here's these 1,500, 1,000 messages or documents you might want to look at because there's something similar to what you've trained the model to, to look for in a, from a prior, prior project. Yeah. And I think, look, there's so many applications for this that we're talking about, even in, um, you know, now the hot issue is monitoring your third parties, monitoring financial transactions. Right. And I think this is something, again, that as you build up uh, intelligence, and then you can develop ways to flag certain occurrences or anomalies, and then follow up on it. That's what because otherwise you get lost in a sea of transactions. I mean, right. just, you can't do anything. So, well, let me, uh, I, look, I, I want to wrap it up here. We have two important questions though. The, okay. okay. The first one is you got to pick your song for your intro and you're going to let me know afterwards. You're you, as a, do. as a former, uh, you know, I, I, you have your, uh, you know, uh, electric guitars there and your fenders <laughs> and everything. So we know you're going to come up with a good one. Second off, if people want to reach you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Chad? So LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, or they can email me at cmain at percipient.co. That's not .com, it's .co, and it's P-E-R-C-I-P-I-E-N-T.co. Fantastic, Chad. Well, look, it's great to have you back. Uh, we're, we're going to check in with you again, maybe another six, nine months. And yeah. It'll be all revolutionary again, but you get, you'll get another chance at a song too. So oh, that's great. I will, hey, that's, that, that makes it all worth it. Thanks again, Chad. All right, Michael. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thanks, for Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
shame.